PBS. Let's go! As, yeah. as some of you may have noticed, we're in a new location this week uh, because our old location got reserved, and we didn't we didn't think ahead and reserve it and before, no they, car, before they and did. There's no fill. Yeah. No also fill. of note, now it's Logan Cam all day long. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Logan, and we go, who's the other host? Oh, me. It's Super Super Testness, the second host. Or the Woo! host. Or the, the host. Go! Yeah, man. This is gonna be great. So we got a whole list of topics lined up for you today, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna be funny. Uh, oh, wait, we don't have any topics lined up, do we? Mm, we no. have pizza. We do have pizza. So, enjoy that, you and our audience, uh, and make make the best of it. Uh, hey! So here we are. Here we're doing it. We're doing it live. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, topics. Um, number one topic. What, what should we talk about first? Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about uh, your project? You made something. I made a chess thing today. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh... Haven't you ever wanted to play chess? Like, that's happened. And then you probably couldn't find a way to do it, because sometimes you can't. So I made a thing. <laughs> what you might do is be like, I can't find anywhere. Like, if your mind is occupied by Bitcoin all day, and then you suddenly have a hankering to play chess, you might not realize that there are websites where you can do this. And you might be like, I need to do chess on Bitcoin's blockchain. That, that's a real thing. People have this need. You don't know how many you know how many people have come up to me every day and been like, "Hey, I want to play chess on Bitcoin's blockchain." So I was like, "If I got a solution for you, I made it so you can." Uh, so there's a new thing, and on my GitHub, GitHub.com/supertestnet/bitcoin-chess. You might search for it once you get to GitHub. <laughs> Bitcoin chess, and if you get there, uh, you can play chess, and all your moves. Every time you make a move, it's recorded on Bitcoin's blockchain. Um, which is really stupid, but it was fun to make. And then uh, people can watch your watch your game unfold wow. uh, right on the uh, yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. And is it block for block? Like, is it like uh, every block you make in one move, or you can do multiple moves in one block? You can do multiple moves in one block. It uh, shows you it the the display thing shows you each move as soon as it makes it into the mempool, which also, by the way, makes it possible to double spend a chess move, which I think is funny. Uh, there's no button for that. <laughs> yeah, if you want to like do takebacks. So, so, so it's not block by block; it's transaction by transaction when they're found in the. Network. Yeah, although you could wait. You could wait until uh, the block gets confirmed and then just make your move after that. But if the block is confirmed, no, there's no. You can't move back. Right. Okay, got it. Yeah. There's no move backsies. No move backsies after comps. No move backsies in chess anyway. They're not. You're not supposed to. But I mean. There is this thing in chess where, like, if your fingers are still on the piece, then you can take oh, it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. if the move is in the mempool, it's like your fingers are still on the piece. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I made this cool thing, and uh, so after I made, I made it yesterday and released it, and then today I'm working on a view-only mode, so you can get two people's Bitcoin addresses and then watch them play a game of chess. Um, wow. Yeah. Well. So that's moving along quite nicely. I got it to where you can click a button to see the next moves. Awesome. Yep. Congratulations, um, Super. Yeah, a new thing. Look Woo! at that. And yeah. it's got some uh, pretty cool like tech in there, some pretty cool code. You were telling me about some nice uh, yep. thing that you've done to, um, well, you can explain it, but I don't remember. It's difficult to say it humorously, but uh, <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it a go. Uh, first of all, it, is, uh, it uses its two properties called key tweaking and reveal skipping. 
So key tweaking is what I used in Whisper Addresses a while back. Uh, and then I've been experimenting with it since then. When Tarot came out, they started using key tweaking to hide assets in Bitcoin pub keys. Not like tokens, like uh, altcoins and it's stuff. probably making a long noise back in the table. Sorry about that. Uh, and when I saw that they came out with that, I wanted to make I wanted to put that in my chess game. So I made it so that you hide your chess moves in a Bitcoin pub key. And then you commit to that by sending money to a Bitcoin address that has this key tweaking thing. And then I do this other technique called reveal skipping. Normally in these schemes, like with, like with Tarot, you commit to some data and then you reveal it to whoever you're sending money to by sending them your, the tweak that you put into your pub key. Uh, and then they can verify that that's in there. But um, I found a way to skip that. You don't have to reveal it to them. They can, they, can realize, they can figure out what your tweak was without you telling them by knowing what your initial pub key was and knowing what all your possible moves are in the chess game. And then they can, they can just figure it out for themselves when they see what, what Bitcoin address you sent money to. So they just make multiple guesses based on all the possible chess moves that one of them will eventually match. Yes, they make multiple guesses about which, one, well, about which move you might have made knowing that in, in any given configuration, you can only make 20 to 40 moves. Mm. Uh, and then they just check which one you sent funds to. And if you didn't send funds to any of them, then they're like, oh, he just took his money out and he's not in the game anymore. Because each move is hex value? Yeah. yeah. Normally in chess... So you're basically deriving your, um, your spell possess from the bookie and the hex value. I am deriving... Yes, this is yeah. a bit technical and hard to say in funny ways, but yes, I am doing that. I am normally, in, uh, very often in chess when people make moves, they say things like, I'm moving piece A2 to A4, and that yeah. might be a pawn move. Yeah. So I take those statements, A2 to A4, I encode that as a hex value, tweak a key with it, and then that's the move. Uh, and then um, the, uh, the corresponding player checks all possible tweaks. Anyway... There's key tweaking and reveal skipping are the two main technologies that are in this thing. And it's really fun, and you should check it out. So, there's a topic. Any... <laughs> and a huge round of applause from all our faithful viewers out in the, out in the peanut gallery. Um, yeah, I don't have any other topics <laughs> to go over. I have a question. Yeah, we got a question. Go, let's go for it, faithful audience members. One of them. Okay. So far. Uh, is Logan speaking or he's only listening? Uh, so I'm trying to figure out if the stream is actually even working. We're on a, a new laptop here. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the camera, but I know it's not really going to show up here because I'm seeing how much it's lagging on the stream. But maybe you can hear me. Okay, good. Because uh, I had a question for you, Logan. Uh, go up? for it. What do you think about BIP 119? Your opinion. Uh, well, there's three digits on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, he asked for an opinion, not a fact. So. On the soft fork. Did yeah. You guys, did you guys, you, the last PBS was BIP 119 centered. Focused. Wasn't it? Yes. Way too much. Because of me. You want to bring it back again? Yes. He's doing it again. Just every episode now. He's just going to be like, what's your thought on BIP-19? 119. So Logan doesn't want to answer, though. Okay. I, I was really asking him his opinion, but... Uh, I don't have one. Uh, okay, okay. That's fine. It would have been... Okay, I want to know more about Logan. Logan, do you have a startup? I have a laptop that's streaming... 
KBS. Yay! Woo! Hey, audience members, could one of you do us a favor and check the stream online to make sure that we're not like super laggy? Yes. That well, we are. Where can I find Visually, we are definitely super laggy. I'm just Where can I find the link? Right um, there's Logan. Uh, it would be on. It's on Twitter. In Telegram or? Would be on. It would be on Twitter. You didn't post it on Telegram. Okay. Clap lab Twitter. Okay, the audio is actually okay. It's decent. All right. Which is amazing because to... I don't even have headphones. That's what we're dealing <laughs> with today. Whoa. All right. Well, you can't beat that. So, ladies and gentlemen, since you can hear us, we are taking uh, comment solicitations. And if you can put a comment into our Twitter, we may, or a question, we will probably go over it. Um, second, hi. Hey. Uh, someone's taking a selfie from the audience. So, oh, he's, peace. Yeah, I, I, um, that's the stream, I I'm think. I'm just looking, showing you the stream, actually. I'm not taking a selfie. So you can't see anything, but you can hear us. Yes, I think it's laggy. <laughs> All right. Uh, second order of business for the day. Um, John. Yes. Give us a second order of business. <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. I don't know. Wanna... Hey, we have a viewer on Twitter. Woo, you poor soul. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> Simon. I have a question for Super. Right. What do you think about the Central <laughs> African Republic... Adopting Bitcoin. Um, I have yet to read their law, which is supposedly in French. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and I haven't read it yet. I did read Article Twenty Three of it, which sounded good to me. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, Alex Gladstein posted Article Twenty Three of their new law, and it said something like, "They're going to do something similar to what uh, El Salvador did with the trust." Where any anyone can, anyone who receives Bitcoin okay. in the country can convert it to the country currency through this trust that Nobody's they have. Do that, well, yeah. who would want? I mean, the whole reason for it is to like abandon the Central African Republic's currency. Yes. I imagine. Which is, I think, worthless. But oh yes, no, they have the French stuff. They use a French dollar. The, the French, uh, like some sort of French dollar, uh, colonized dollar. I don't know if you ever read that article. I nope. There's uh, 15 countries in Africa mm-hmm. that uses the same currency that's managed by France. It's called the CFA franc. The CFA franc. Yes, and uh, so I had a CPA back, named Frank back in when I was yeah, employed by a fiat job. Fiat job. CPA CFA franc. Just kidding. I didn't actually have a CPA named Frank. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a good news! Alright, I haven't read it, so I don't know. One thing that I didn't like about the El Salvador thing was that they forced people to accept Bitcoin. They made it a law that you have to. Yeah. And I thought that was stupid. I was like, just make it, like, you can encourage it, you can do the no taxes thing, or you can do incentives. But they forced people. They were like, if you don't, you get fined. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Africa's doing that. I think Africa is not doing that. And so if that's true, that's better. Okay. Yeah. But I was yeah. forced all my life to. I am forced right now to accept Canadian dollars. So. And how does that make you feel? Mad as hell. Mad as hell. <laughs> doesn't like it at all. But a lot of people live that situation. Yeah. So, so it's not so bad. Huh? Elevator key. 
Yeah, I have an elevator key. Oh, who's there? We got a stranded audience member. Oh, okay. All right, oh, guys. I was checking the group. I was going to go down. Do you want me to run down? Why don't you do the laptop? Or do you want yeah, to yeah, the right key. Uh, do you want to get some more beers, John, as well? But uh, we do probably need more alcohol for this one. Um, yeah. No, no, we're good. We're good. Whoa, I keep the camera. Uh, is the uh, camera's... Nobody's going to notice. <laughs> because <laughs> the camera is uh, not working. Uh, so, so. Okay. Okay, so. Usually, we use Carr's laptop, but today we're using mine. My laptop does not have a dedica dedicated graphics chip. Oh, that's it. why. Alright. Uh, it's, it's got some fairly good uh, integrated CPU. graphics on the CPU for an Intel. Oh. <laughs> but not for a, a, a stream. Like, it's not strong enough. Not every laptop yeah. can be Carr's. Amazing. Oh. Masterpiece of a, of a so chipset. Does Car ha I have a question. Okay, let's go with another question from another does audience. Car has a special laptop, or uh, he has just a standard laptop but with a better car, or he has a really, really fancy laptop. He he's got a MacBook Pro, I believe. Oh, he's just, he's just got a normal a normal MacBook Pro, which is fancy compared to so worse laptops. Uh, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I think I thought, it's I think I, it's pre M1 chip though because he complains about not wanting to have the first generation M1. Okay. Better than the M1 chip, or worse? Worse, worse than the M1 chip. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. Another thing that we might want to talk about is um, Texas. Texas is a good place. Yay! Yeah, man. Can you believe it? And didn't Texas do something cool recently, like Fort Worth started mining Bitcoin? In yes! That, that's in that, true! Yeah. I think that there's I, like mine. There's ASICs in the capital now, so yes. this is a this is a the way. The first government in the world mining Bitcoin. Uh, no, El, El Salvador is doing it too with their True. volcano stuff. Oh, that's right. But first government in uh, North America. It's it's probably the first time when you're minting um, or when you're generating capital uh, in the capital. So yeah. that might be cool. <laughs> eh, I pun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing the drum there. Like, but um, yeah, yeah, on that one. A... Yeah, uh, so that's pretty cool news. I look forward to seeing more states and other governmental agencies. I don't know how to finish the sentence. I have a question. I don't know. I don't want to finish that sentence because yeah. I'm not sure I want to see but more states and government agencies. That sentence unfinished. The unfinished sentence that I don't agree with. Yes. <laughs> All right. So my question is. Super and Logan, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing for Bitcoin that governments own Bitcoin on their balance sheet? Simon's question is, is it good or bad that governments own Bitcoin? Uh, it's good for Bitcoin, and it's good for the governments. I hear that everything's good for Bitcoin. Right. Uh, in the That's a good point. In the short term, it's probably good for Bitcoin users. I don't know about the long term, because uh, money is power. And by having the hardest money in the world, these governments gain more power. So that could be bad, but uh, I guess we'll see. Oh, hey, more audience members. Woo! Good to see you. Here they are. Johnny, you can beer. 
We were discussing uh, Fort Worth. Oh, I didn't get beer because they had the oh, they had so over there. Like, you want more, though, right? I'll go up now in a second. Well, I can go after Definitely. Anybody who wants to take this mic is free to. Increased. The camera is basically irrelevant this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camera's laggy, so we're voice only, apparently. Pretty much voice only. Got you get coder issues. You get a new still, like, every 25 yes. seconds on the stream. So. Yes. And most of them I appear to be chewing. Looking sharp. <laughs> Hey, we have a new guest. Uh, my name's Sean. Hi, Sean. Good hey, to meet John. you. John or John? John. John or Sean? Sean or John. Hey, there's two Johns here. Sean. We're popular. Very, uh, it's, we're the name is growing. The Sean, name is John. growing. Right. We, need to, uh, we need to give the bands a run for their money. So yeah. More oh, you're giving them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question was, is it good for... Is uh, it good for Bitcoin that governments are have, holding Bitcoin? The context is that Fort Worth is mining Bitcoin now. Oh, yeah. El Salvador is mining Bitcoin. The Central African Republic just got into Bitcoin. Panama is doing that. So if, assuming these guys start to hold some on their balance sheets, is that good for Bitcoin? Is it good for, good for them? Or good for good users? For is it good, good for, for plebs? plebs? I personally think it's good for Bitcoin. Well, because I agree. I think more people using Bitcoin is good for Bitcoin. And it doesn't matter who they are. John says it's good for Bitcoin because it's more people using Bitcoin, regardless of who it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that I for know sure. I this whole argument about, like, you know, I would rather my enemies don't have Bitcoin and, like, you know, governments and central banks are our natural enemies. But I don't see it that way. I just think the more people using it, like... Bitcoin is money for enemies, isn't it? It's money for enemies. And I think we are... Like, I think if we realistically think that we're going to have a world where we can all, like, interact and use Bitcoin every day freely, and the governments won't use it, I think is, like, not very, like... John points out that if, if everyone's using Bitcoin, then governments have to use Bitcoin, because it's ever, that's they're part of everyone. Yeah, or we have so, a system where, like, we all use Bitcoin, yeah. and we have all our cool privacy and coin join tools, and we're all paying, like, Bitcoin amongst each other and everything, and then we have to go and convert it to pay the government whatever they want to pay, like, or whatever needs to be done. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think we're all going to use the name Bitcoin. Okay. John has reasons for thinking that the world will converge on a Bitcoin standard. Uh, will, is it, um, on a related note, well, Simon's got a question. Follow-up. So, Follow-up. Follow what does Sean John think about that? Yeah. No, I think I probably the same sort of point. I think that's good. I think that the U.S. will probably peg their currency to something that is tangible. Um, again, so I think Sean that, thinks the U.S. will adopt a Bitcoin standard and make a pegged, a pegged dollar? There. Yeah. yeah, how about we have a floating mic? Okay, okay. But I guess the question is, is like, what's the counter-argument? Like, who, is, who in the room is an advocate for them not? Because um, we want to hear you. Uh, pretty much my approach is that there will, the U.S. will do the same thing that they did with gold, and they would essentially, if they convert back to it, um, they would have some peg to it, and then that would be their currency. Yeah. So, so one, of the, one question that was brought up was, uh, who in here doesn't want governments to hold Bitcoin? And I don't know if anyone in here would, but I imagine that some of our, some of our streamer listeners are like, don't want governments to exist at all, and if they don't exist at all, they can't really hold Bitcoin now, can they? So that I could try to steal me on that. All right. Since there's nobody here that would, because I honestly agree. I think it would actually make governments better to hold Bitcoin. I agree. Yeah. Bitcoin but, aligns incentives, right? 
Why that and, I mean, it, maybe it also makes them vulnerable to legislation where they sort of, it has to remain audible to the public. I think it's pretty cool that the blockchain's basically visible to everyone. And that would include governments if they were to hold. We got a chain spy here, gentlemen. But we got a chain spy. Subscribe to uh, was it Whale Watch? Yeah. Have you seen that feed? I've seen Whale Watch. Yeah. So much money is moving around the world. Whale Watch. It's so fascinating. Whale Watch posts a tweet and probably on other social media too. Whenever a large amount of Bitcoin is moved to an exchange, or from an exchange to or from, they 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 track large flows to and from exchanges. Because that, I, I, there are probably a lot of reasons for it, but one is that they can have an impact on traders who are one of the common users of Bitcoin. Uh, if a bunch of people are putting a bunch of money on an exchange, that could either mean someone's about to buy a bunch or someone's about to sell a bunch. Did, did yeah. you see uh, Coinbase has their like now like Coinbase Analytics, which they call it like Coinbase Scan Coinbase Flow? Yeah, it's like a chain analytics software. I saw that today. I saw a news article for like B B two B software, or not their consumers can it's use for B two B, but to comply with potential future AML laws. Oh. But then the question becomes: is like you know, and this is like a popular discussion on like Samurai's Telegram. Is like you know, will will coins essentially be blacklisted based on how many you know hops away you are from a previous coin chain? Yeah. Uh, audience like, member has pointed out that Coinbase came out with an analytics tool. Um, for spying on their users recently. Uh, an article on No BS Bitcoin says Coinbase releases Coinbase Intelligence Surveillance Suite. Thank you for the, uh, for the use of your cell phone, yeah, too. It just came, off, uh, came out of my feet today. I think, um, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. So, and is that bad? Is it well, good? I, I don't, I mean, um, is it? Yeah, it's a good question. What do I think? Is it, I don't know what I think if it's bad or good. I don't know how to say it yet. Someone else talk about whether it's good or bad, and then I'll come and then we'll circle back. Well, I don't know. I was going to talk about the previous point, but we can finish up on this one. Okay, cool. Back. Um, I don't know if it's it's bad. All right. I think. That's my initial thought. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. I, especially if the reasoning is to comply with like current or future possible yeah. KYC AML laws. Yeah, I think it's. Tying these two points together, I think it's bad that there's like chain analytics companies that are um, more so on like the government regulation side. Right? So, uh, yeah, like, we can't hear you when you speak. If you could, if you could pass the mic over yeah, to him so we can. Yeah, I don't want to talk. About well, we, we need somebody to repeat okay. your points then. No, it's okay. Um, so I have like maybe here's another way to like ask the question: Is there a good? Is there ever a good reason? For chain analytics, like what would be? And I mean, I'm just, it's an honest question. Like I just can't think of like I'm sure there may there might be, but like is there reasons where like a good honest company would need chain analytics? Like, and I'm and I don't mean like you know what, you know, what's Zapparite's trying to build, like you know accounting <laughs> software. Yeah. I mean like no, real deep dive like tracking let's like transactions between like is there is there a good honest reason that that would be needed? Yeah, Topher has a reason why. Why wouldn't this? technology be used to audit publicly traded companies and government accounts because they deserve privacy too well then it's like either all or nothing either it's the same with encryption either well both sides are allowed to have secrets or they're not you well this is regulate a, the mass. this is a good point and it kind of ties back into what i wanted to bring up at the previous point 
which was like, should governments hold Bitcoin? And part of the answer I was going to give for that, which I think ties in, is that I think it's good. I don't know if it's net overall good, but there's definitely good in there because I think Bitcoin like forces you to be a better person. Like it, it, it means you can't pull shenanigans. You it's can't, you can't print more money. You can't like be corrupt. You, like, yeah, if like, well, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to to people about this recently, and it's like, think of, think of the like the situation. Do we want governments or do we want monarchy? Right, and everyone's like, "Oh, monarchy! We don't want to go back to that days." But like, monarchies were always like good to their like peasants, right? Because they knew that if they acted like a dick, they would either get killed, or like people would just maybe like leave, and they wouldn't be able to gather taxes from them. And then, so like, there was always the like benevolent monarchy. Yeah. And I think, I think if we are on a Bitcoin standard, it'll force government to do the same thing. They'll have to like, like you know, the sovereign individual book. Like they'll have to compete for like for their tax revenue so they'll have to like offer better services be better people like cut out all the corruption and shit from their governments and if a natural cause of that is to weed out all the corrupt people who are just in government to like line their own pockets and it leaves you with the smaller subset of just honest people who actually want to like you know do good for the country and run the government properly then that naturally means smaller government so i think overall it's a net benefit if governments adopt bitcoin because it means that the people who are just there like to line their pocket, like these career politicians in Congress and stuff for like 70 years, just like milk and taxes, they're, they're not going to be able to do that. They're going to have to force them to become productive members of society. And that's not, good. Not just state governments, but really any form of government. Any form of government, yeah. It exactly. would be interesting. For charity, that's what comes to my mind. Like, wouldn't charities that essentially do all their business out in the open on blockchain have a competitive like, they may have a competitive advantage, but then my question would be, well, like, why do they necessarily need to do that? You know, I mean, I, 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 I could, like, I, I could like see the competitive advantage, but yeah, I mean, like what charities are honest and what charities are just milking people for their money, and it's hard to true. know where all the money goes. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at like all these, what are the big ones where you see people wearing the blue Susan vests and, and they like they're standing out on the street and they like you know try and accost you as you're walking down the street, like child line or like whatever. <laughs> But 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 all those large all those large charities have like huge like huge staffing costs. Yeah. Like they got CEOs that are being paid like a million dollars a year to run these charities. And, in the system, and so it's like if a charity is operating out in the open, then maybe some of that criticism would be constructive. Yeah, I, sure. That's, there a, are that's a valid reason for change of balance. When a charity is small, you often see them publish these. Um, these reports about income and expenses they're like they're very public about where their money goes and they'll have a pie chart that's like we spent this much of our we spent this percentage of our income on staff and we spent this much of our income on this that and the other thing but as they get bigger they stop publishing those because i think the the, the pies chart starts looking less appealing to people who might donate to them as yeah. they get bigger like they get there's more grift that happens in an organization as it gets bigger because you, it's harder to keep track of everything What's going when an organization on? gets bigger, like, is it really the people at the top, like, rubbing their hands? Or is it just in so many inefficiencies in the system that there are people at the lower levels that are doing things they shouldn't be doing? I would I suspect it is small, small examples of corruption at every level lead up to, lead, lead to giant inefficiencies that are hard to detect. Yeah. That would be my guess. Not, 
having much insight into it. Um, another, so here's here's a reason why chain survey why it might be good to create chain surveillance software, uh, and it is because people are asking for it. Um, by like, let's say I I walked around with a big sign that had my social security number on it. Would it be bad to look at my sign? Like probably not because I'm sitting there with a big sign showing everyone. Uh, and that's kind of what if people don't use any of the privacy software available in Bitcoin and they're just out there with their transaction info, letting everyone know what it is. Is it bad to look like they're saying I sent this much to this person and here's my KYC info and I'm going to make it all available to whoever's looking for it. Is that is it bad to look then? I, I, I would think not. I, I wouldn't say it's bad to look, but I'd say why is it necessary to build a tool to make it easier? So that it's so because so that it's easier to do the good thing. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's looking. a legitimate use case for it. <laughs> so, white hat versus dark hat and black hat. Hat. Yeah, so like, and I'm speaking from a construction standpoint, just because that's what I'm yep. familiar with. You have to make sure that everybody's floating mic on the job site. Floating mic is over there. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> this one I'll actually start talking about because it's sort of important. So, yeah. so it's possible that it could be valuable, and I personally hate fucking chain surveillance. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, I think it's pretty shitty. But there's actually a good use case. It's a business use case, and it's about validations of transactions going th throughout the supply chain. So yeah. like in construction, if you're a subcontractor or a material person and you don't get paid for the job, there's a liability on the property. So yeah. the property owner is incentivized to track the transactions to make sure that anyone who has any stake or any interest in the property gets paid. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Having having a verifiable transaction chain, knowing that you're getting all the suppliers and all the material men paid, um, is a business use case where um, the blockchain would be valuable for that. Uh, now that being said, I think that that's a one percent fraction of a you know a greater pie, and I think that the uh, negative effects vastly outweigh the benefit effects, but. Yeah. That that's that's like a legitimate use case that exists in business, not just for construction, but for many other things. Yeah. Um, now, on the flip side, is it's like okay, since everybody knows that it's a public ledger and you can validate it, then it it spurs people to think about privacy slightly different. There's a really good show or movie called We Live in Public. Um, it's really fucked up, actually. I highly recommend watching it. Um, and and it talks about what it's what life is like when you don't have privacy. And behaviors yeah. change significantly so that when you do want refuge of privacy, you are making an active mental mind switch to say, okay, I'm going to try to be private for this conversation. And so it, so it develops like, it's like almost like a split personality. Like you have your public self and then you have a private self. And as long as the tools are there to be private, then I think it's totally fine. And you will make a calculated decision to be private when you want to be because yeah. you value it so much. So I, I can imagine creating a... Um is creating a charity and at the start of your charity you want everyone to see all of your income and you want everyone to see all of your expenses because your competitors are keeping that information private and no one knows if your competitors in this charity are actually spending the money on the homeless or whatever it is that you're trying to help out so you publish all of your income you publish all of your expenses you don't use any bitcoin privacy tools that way everyone can see now you're going along and at some point you as a you're like a donor to this organization that has this charity and you notice that they've started using privacy tools. Like now, you can't see their income, and or you, and you can't see their expenses. You might start asking questions. You might be like, "What changed?" You know, so it seems like you were doing this before, and you weren't, and you weren't doing it now. So, as a donor, 
it might be useful to you to have chain. It might be useful to you to have software that makes it easy to identify someone's expenses and income, so that it's not hard on you. Like you, I want to be able to do this so I can make sure that the charity I'm donating to is really spending the money how I want them to. And then if they stop, that would be useful information too. So you could say, all right, or this is a red flag for me. Donations from certain sources mm -hmm. because that's coming too. Yeah. Right. People should realize that that's coming too. Yeah. So. Um, so that, that to me that that is one reason why uh, an argument could be made that well and I and I would agree with it that there's nothing wrong with writing chain surveillance software, but it's the motivation that is that needs addressed because if your motivation is we don't want users to have privacy like we don't want privacy tools to exist we want to fight privacy that's a bad thing yeah but yeah yeah yeah. I feel like it's better if this arms race is out in the open and that companies are producing these surveillance tools for more altruistic reasons, for reasons that the market demands, rather than they're being done in secret for reasons that the government demands. And so if there's a lot of valuable use cases for doing auditing the books, for example, within a company that decides to accept the Bitcoin standard, then you know, it would be nice to kind of see the tools that are going to be made eventually just skew in that direction. And I feel confident that there's so many brilliant minds mm -hmm. working in the space. Like, I know we're pretty, we're steel manning the argument for, like, surveillance and for all this stuff pretty hard right now. But I feel like the, the most brilliant people are, are going to find ways around all of this. Like, it's all going to be circumvented. If you want to be off the grid, then you're going to be off. Like crypto tools today are so incredible and so ubiquitous. Like you, like crypto libraries are in mm -hmm. every browser. Like every library, it's. I thought of another I'm not one. Concerned about like us losing this war. You An know? Another reason why someone might want to build why it would be good to build chain surveillance software is if you're building privacy software, you have to have a set of tools that you can test against. Yeah. <laughs> so like. If, you're, if you want to know, like, you, you have to have the software that tries to attack your privacy so that you can build a shield that protects against those attacks. Uh, and thus, I think there are companies, privacy companies, who write chain analysis software so that they can defeat it. Um, yeah. That makes sense to me. I mean, companies do that now. Like Google does that. They hire professional pen testers try to break into their, their software. Mm -hmm. break in, or even do social engineering with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a good guy. Um, what's his, his Twitter handle? It's Ergo, E-R-G-O. He does a bunch of really good um, chain analysis, but to like protect your own privacy. And he right. He uses LXC software. Okay. Yeah. One example of privacy pri privacy fighting software uh, is OXT.me, which is a block explorer that tries to do this thing called uh, address bundling. I don't think it's called that. It's called something else, but they try and identify uh, clustering. That's what it's called, clustering. A cluster of Bitcoin addresses that likely belong to the same entity. Uh, and this is a, an attack on, on the privacy of that entity, but the reason they have it is it's the same people who make the Samurai wallet, which is a privacy wallet. They make that software so that they can make Samurai know how to defeat it and not, um, not be clusterable. Yeah, so right, yeah, the worst thing is to just blindly use it thinking that you're protected. So yeah, so maybe it's good to have all this chain surveillance software out there so that 
it can speed up the development of the countermeasures. The countermeasures. Yeah. I wonder, I doubt that Coinbase is releasing it on GitHub as free and open source software. Yeah, that seems yeah, unlikely yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah. But somebody ought to be doing that. I, 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 would, I would like it if there was such things. And I think there are, like OXC.me. I think that's on GitHub. I wonder if like rich people will pay to have people try and find their bank accounts on the blockchain, just to see like how much they're willing out to give. It's like pen test their, their yeah, because uh, banks pen test their own vaults. Yeah, so that would be interesting. I would think exchanges are already doing yeah. that to an extent. Probably. Well, that's well, one. Well, <laughs> it depends. We could yeah. hope. So uh, our next topic for discussion, uh, we've discussed. We've discussed governments adopting Bitcoin, privacy is good, and chain surveillance is not good, or can be good, I don't know, it's controversial. And then, what else did we get? Uh, chess. We discussed Bitcoin chess. chess. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? We discussed uh, Logan's opinion on Bit119. <laughs> Which and is that it has three digits. It was three digits. It is three digits. <laughs> 119 is a three-digit number. That's that's Logan's yeah. opinion. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there uh, is, has there any been? What else happened in Bitcoin this week? What else happened? Yeah. Somebody start scrolling through no BS Bitcoin and tell us what what all happened. Africa. Didn't something happen in Africa? Yeah, we oh, talked yeah, about we that. We talked about that briefly. And yeah. Panama too. Yeah. Panama. Panama. So what yeah, in Panama? So are Panama going to start charging for the Panama Canal the crossings in Bitcoin? <laughs> Oh, that would be good. Is it real, the Panama stuff? Like, I wasn't sure, like, if they, they really ban, like, there's no more capital gains tax on Bitcoin in Panama. Is that is that correct? Or? There's no more capital gains tax on Bitcoin in Panama, and you can use it to pay taxes. Um, and... Yeah, no capital gains tax, you're correct. They, the Panama president posted a, um, a, an interesting graph, a chart, a, a world map, that showed three colored countries, and they were El Salvador, Panama, and Central African Republic. Wow. And he was like, it said something about these are the countries, like the president of Panama said, you know, Bitcoin is, is legal tender in all three of these countries, and it's just going to grow, or something like that. Three down, 172 to go. Or yeah. That's so, the president so of Panama posted that. President That's of Panama huge. posted that, yeah. We have three countries adopting Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, and Bitcoin is like 40 fucking thousand dollars. Like, I mean, buy some SaaS, everyone, as if you're, as if, as if, three, as if other, buy sats as if the price is 10 million because yeah. it's worth 10 million. But let's go, because it, it will be one day. It will yeah. be, but it, it's it'll be 10 million dollars. Like, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one sats, one sat, one bitcoin. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be worth 10 million dollars, but by then, <laughs> 10 million dollars will buy you like a pizza. So, in <laughs> today's <laughs> purchasing it'll, power, it'll like meet right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much money the U.S. will have printed by, like ten years from now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Really Think of how many bitcoins they'll mine. There you go. Think about that one. That's easy. It's already in the algorithm. It's well, but be, uh, yeah, but not how many. But now it's not written in the algorithm how much hash rate the U.S. USA will have. Yeah. So. I, w I heard something recently. Have like thirty-five percent, thirty percent now, after the China ban. I, I heard that semi recently, but I think it's gone up since then. I wouldn't be surprised if we were 40 Well, now. didn't we hit a new all-time high, like, yeah, difficulty yesterday or something? Yeah. 
Yeah, 244 sextillion hashes per second, I think. The, give or take. I don't even know what that number means. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like big. Big number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of zeros. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else is there? What else happened in Bitcoin? I don't know what happened in Bitcoin this week. I haven't been on Twitter that much. That's my so only guys, outlet. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. To Super, because I like asking questions to Super. All right. So I was discussing with a fellow pleb this afternoon about the current price of Bitcoin. I don't care about the price, but... But you were asking about it. <laughs> we're talking about it, and it seems like the price is so low like compared to what's going on and, and the real value. Like, do you think there's shenanigans... Uh, Keeping the price down, or that's purely the f pure free market right now. I think it is the free market, and I don't think there's any shenanigans. Okay. One thing that I think is worth considering is the cost of mining equipment, uh, or the cost to mine a Bitcoin. I think the cost to mine a Bitcoin right now is somewhere around twenty-three thousand dollars to mine one. And as long as it costs twenty-three thousand dollars to mine one, there is an incentive on miners to arbitrage the price difference and sell Bitcoins and buy energy, or sell energy and buy Bitcoins. Um, and this causes, wait, no, the reverse. Yeah. yeah so when, when, that, when that arbitrage opportunity is taken advantage of, it causes the two prices to converge. Uh, and as a result, we should, I, I would expect to see more downward price. If I, w if I was a trader, I would expect to see more downward price uh, until demand increases. Until demand increases or like hash rate keeps going up and then the, yep. the cost to mine Bitcoin keeps getting higher and then wipes out a lot of that arbitrage. Yep. Um, so somebody asked a question on Twitter today, uh, or not maybe not today, this week I saw it and I commented on it. And it was like, do you think there's fractional reserve and how much, like how many sats, like how many coins? And I commented that I think it's actually more than 21 million coins. Like, I think there's, like, an order of magnitude more coins being fractional reserved in the market. Through what methods? Like, raft? Exchanges. Exchanges. Just selling Bitcoin they don't have. Robinhood, PayPal, everybody. It's like, you want to buy Bitcoin? Yeah, sure. We'll just increase the number That's on your true. database. They don't have to have it. Oh. Yeah. Think of the amount of sketchy exchanges in, like, everywhere in the world that are, like, selling Bitcoin. Let's talk through like, that. What, um, what would it, does an exchange gain money when if they do that? You they, they gain fees. Yeah, because they're selling, they're selling. Then they're definitely no, no, doing. No, they're making so much money. <laughs> Clearly, they're making so much money. Yeah. I mean, they're making a hundred percent profit on that, or whatever percentage they, they, you know, usually exchange. They say they, they take a oh, spread. Oh yeah, that's right. Of, of not, it's more than fees. They're actually making. If you buy ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and they don't have the Bitcoin to give you, they make ten thousand dollars. Exactly. They make all so, the money. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's credit. It, well, so it, they, make, they make fees on until, the until there's a they run on They make fees there. on the transaction, and then it's a, an old liability to the to yeah. the user who may request the withdrawal. And then there's a run on the exchange, and they're like, "Oh shit, we have one percent of the Bitcoin." Credit and money, two two yeah, separate yeah. concepts. And that's exactly what happened in Quadriga, right? That's what. Yeah, that's like, exa that's what happened in, 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 with Mal and, Mal and, Gox as yeah, well. So and, clearly, there is yeah. fractionally reserved Bitcoin because year after year, the exchanges go down and reveal they were fractionally reserving Bitcoin. Like, we didn't have it all, sorry. Yeah, so, like, I, oh. so I think that there's actually, like, 
in the current system out there right now, the amount of Bitcoin, like people always talk about, oh, how much Bitcoin do you think there's on the market at any given one time? And people always say, well, there's only about like 18 million Bitcoin mined and there's like four or five lost forever. And then so many, seven others like locked up for long, like long, hard, like cold storage long term. Yeah. There's probably only like two to three million available. But you're thinking there's like 20 to 30 million. I think there's probably about 50 million Bitcoin at any one time to buy. <laughs> paper bitcoin that would be insane yeah. it would that, but that would explain why the price is at 40,000 basically it would now maybe that number is crazy and maybe like I'm pulling that out of my ass but like if 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 you can fractionally reserve bitcoin well, you can. there will be bad actors doing it 100% so yeah. like to think that it's not happening is like blindly naive but to what degree it's happening is it like a tiny fraction of the overall 21 million bitcoin I think it's actually more than I think we've got double, at least double the Bitcoin. Yeah, how many exchanges show like proof of reserves? Like almost none. One that I know of. They do all of it, all of them. Apparently, there's a January third every year. They they prove. Yeah, but nobody does that. No, the exchanges don't. Exchanges don't do it. Users do it. That's a proof of keys where we're trying to get users to pull their money off exchanges every January third, so that we can collectively prove if they have it or not. Yeah, the exchanges don't do it. The proof of keys event on January third is an is a uh, an attempt to get people to run to do a run on the exchanges, so that we could find out if any of them go down. Quadriga went down right after proof of keys. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't um, think we had proof of keys in twenty eighteen. We did. Twenty nineteen was it? When did no, no, Quadriga went down before that. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Or was it twenty nineteen? It was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. But I I remember uh, it being a topic on. Uh, Various platforms, and I noticed it too when it happened. That it was right, it was like two days after Proof of Keys Day that they said, "Oh, you know that we've we've locked up all the users' bitcoins, and they've and the founder died, and his laptop's gone, or whatever." It was like, hmm, because people were, people were complaining that they were trying to do Proof of Keys and they couldn't withdraw their money. Quadriga wasn't letting them withdraw their money. Yeah, so, I tried to withdraw money um, like three months before they went down, and it took me. Took me about three to four months to get my money. Wow! I just have to. It keep was two thousand nineteen. Keep screaming at them. Yeah. yeah. So it was. He died. Died apparently in December twenty eighteen, in India, and they only announced it. I think on like February tenth or like February or January, like January February. Like it was a month or two later, and so it was when they it was. It was right yeah, during proof was, of keys and all the trouble the proof, started. It was after the proof of keys when they announced that he died, and then that's immediately when all the trouble started. So I don't know if it was directly related to proof of keys or not, but it could have been. Um, well, I don't think there are coincidences. So. There are no coincidences. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's so like it's are interesting. So you changing to your mind, like, uh, super? About what? Fractional reserve. That that there is fractional reserve. Yeah. Well, Which I, is manipulation of Bitcoin, basically. It's a form of manipulating oh. the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, because I think you said before you. Yeah, don't, you said, I don't you said no, yes. you don't think so. I don't think there is. I don't think there is intentional manipulation of the suppression of the price of Bitcoin. I do think there is fractionally reserved Bitcoin. But that's so, manipulation of the price. If you're well, it's, well, a, it's, it's a side effect. It's, of the the intention. Intention. it's not for the purpose of lowering the yeah, price. The, yes. the intention is to get more money for the exchange, and the, by doing that, by by trying to gain more fiat dollars and selling Bitcoin they don't have, they're effectively they're shorting the Bitcoin. Yeah. But that's, it, their intention isn't to lower the price of Bitcoin. It's mm. it's just to get more money for themselves, and they're cheating everyone else who's a user of the exchange by doing that. Yeah. At least that'd be my take on it. Um, but, but right yeah, now, but right now, on, on to play devil's advocate, you know, the level of 
seriousness, you know, quote unquote, of exchanges is much higher like now than than what it was like with Kadriga or my guts, you know, or where it was like a one man show, you know. And the other with a bank account in Canada receiving money, like sending Bitcoin, like really, really shady. Like these companies have, you know, investors, they have like hundreds or thousands of employees. I mean, so I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. Mm. Yeah, uh, the other thing that occurs to me is that you're right because you asked me, are they suppressing the price? Not, is their intention in suppressing the price that they, they want the price of Bitcoin to go down? Uh, the, the factually, if they're shorting Bitcoin by selling Bitcoin they don't have, that's still suppressing the price. Yeah. Factually, they would they are, yes. You changed my mind. There is wow. artificial suppression of the price of Bitcoin, but unintentionally. I'm honored. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think there is any intentional um, as well? Not, not a significant amount. No. Logan. Not a significant amount, but What's there that? is like, you know, the ESG fraud, like all the government fraud, like what? trying to like, they're intentionally trying to just kill the, kill the Bitcoin narrative as, as often as possible. So that's intentional fraud. Maybe that's not to, to drive down the price, but it's just to scare people away from Bitcoin, which would have the, on, in, like, consequence of driving down the price. Sounds like you agree it's not intentionally intended to suppress the price of Bitcoin. So it's intended to suppress yeah, right. the usage so of Bitcoin. We're, we're, in, we're in the semantics weeds now, so let's move on to the next, next I have a question. So someone has a question. For Logan. Mm -hmm. Logan, <laughs> do you think exchanges do fractional reserve? I don't see why they wouldn't. Okay, thank they're you, gonna, sir. If it gives them a price, if they, if they don't do it, their competitors are going to win because their competitors are going to make the money that they are leaving on the table. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a crypto day trader would know the answer to these questions. Nobody knows. Like, I, I mean, the only person that would know that would be employees of the said businesses, like a, set, a few set of people. And I think to play devil's advocate, like some people would eventually talk, you know? And say, hey, I work at Coinbase. Uh, we're, you know, we're supposed to hold uh, a million bitcoins, but by the way, we only have seven hundred thousand. Uh, and boom, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, um, run the Coinbase. I don't even think it would though, because look at Tether. Tether was supposed to be one to one backed, and then they came out and said, oh well, we only have like forty percent reserves, and the rest is really up, like leveraged assets and stuff. Really? And like, and they and said just, that. just went, yeah, whatever. What? Whatever. We never thought they were actually fully backed anyway. No, we no we did, thought, but like when they came out and admitted, I thought it, it was supposed to, theoretically that yeah. Tether was supposed to be fully backed. There's well, a cash like cash like yeah. Yeah. I thought it would like highly liquid stuff. I thought it would have been great so if, it, if their motto, or if, you think it's fake? If Tether had changed their motto to something to... like "unstoppable fractional reserve," it would have been hilarious. Like, <laughs> we're gonna fractional reserve, and you just, can't do anything about just it. Lean into <laughs> it. Yeah. I have a question. Again, <laughs> for Sean John. Yeah. So Sean John, you just Where said did that. John come from? <laughs> That's your name now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Sean John. So if there's one million units of dollars of tether, so one million dollars of tether, yeah. so is it official that there's only four hundred thousand of liquid equities or whatever to bag that, or there's actually one million 
of a mix of you know dollars, uh, equity. Can we stop talking about tether? This seems like a stupid topic to talk about. The uh, yeah, we yeah. Can answer, answer number two. But yeah, I, from my understanding, I don't know shit about tether because I don't really fuck with it. But Nobody does. It, it's, Neither it, do it, I. It's, it's cash like assets. Yeah, it's supposed it's supposed so to be one to one like pure cash, like actual cash in the bank. But yeah. what it is is like uh, 30 40 percent cash, and the rest is made up of like liquid assets. So, so they're speculating I mean, on assets with people's reserves, basically. Yeah. That would be the answer. I'm gonna put my foot down. That's my hand, and I can't slam the table because it makes a loud noise. Um, yeah. The foot is down. We are moving. Like topic. a year, a year and a half ago, I liked tether, and I, and I was the only one who did. And the world was great. And now everyone likes tether, and I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to the world where everyone hates tether, so I can be unique again. <laughs> Do you still like tether? I'm starting to not because everyone. I want to be contrarian. The whole reason I liked it in the first place is because it was contrarian. Oh. But now it's mainstream. <laughs> that's why you like BIP 119. Yeah, that's part of it. I, I certainly do like it because it's contrarian. He's a rebel. But Even amongst Maxis, he's a Maxi contrarian. But it doesn't matter because we're not going to get it. Everyone hates it. Or not everyone hates the activation method. Do, so. do you, do yes. You think it, do you think it was purely just a PR campaign to get people talking about it? Mm -hmm. To reevaluate it? Purely yeah, no. But yeah, that, I think PR is part of it. Yeah, he, he does. Because he's been working on this thing for like five years. And no one, no one's paying attention. Like no one's even reviewing his code. He's like, I've got a pull request ready, but Jeremy Rubin. Oh, and no one's even reviewing his code. Guy. So he's just like, all right, I'm just gonna announce the software. Sure, and now, every, and now it's the talk of the town. Yeah. So finally, Let's people are paying it. attention. But I don't, I don't think that's just purely the only thing he was going for. I think he really does want it, want <sighs> software kit. Yeah. Want that drama to die. Tired of my fucking emails going off in the middle of the night and it's like the only Bitcoin dev mailing list. I yeah, I only have to unsubscribe. I don't subscribe. There's I get, too I get, much fucking email. I get all my news through Stacker News now. I'm like pretty much like 90% off Twitter now. Oh, nice. I'm, Actually, I'm, yeah, I think good, I'm going to do that. Good show. Well. Let's get some. Uh, I, I let's get Stacker some, News. Let's get some topics off Stacker News to discuss. Do we still have to talk? Are we still, Dude, like, are we still doing this? Or, uh, <laughs> how long have we been running this? What? We did Stacker News live earlier. Yeah. How, how close got, is Stacker News? How close are we to done? How close? It's supposed to be an hour. Uh, yeah, car was like doing 45 minutes. We're at 50. Okay, so we're we got 10 more minutes. Long we Let's do a couple more topics. Okay, rapid fire round. Who wants to talk about what? Uh, question. Okay, Stacker News related. Do you want the notification? Do you like the airdrop notification for SATs on a daily basis? Or do you think that the SATs are overwhelmingly noisy and suppressed? I like them. I don't log in often enough for it to be annoying. But if I was logging in often enough and I wanted to use my notification feed to see stuff that was happening, it would probably annoy me that they're in there. But the last time I logged in, I did notice that they're gone now. It's yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. You could you could write a browser extension pretty easily. I could write a browser extension pretty easily that makes them show up for you or disappear for you. Yeah, with he has a toggle. like now notifications, but yeah, like you can just pick and choose. That's good. Browser. That then no need. Yeah. I like that he gives everyone options. He's very good about that. He's like. Well, some people like this and some people like that, so I'm making both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Good choice. <laughs> good hands. That was one good of the questions now. What is one of the topics that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Fidelity, right? Sorry, I just found a topic that is of interest to me. Yeah, well, so oh, yeah. I was going to follow it. Super. Like news. Well, yeah, Fidelity. Fidelity. Welcome to Stacker News Live. <laughs> <laughs> Fidelity. 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 
that you can have Bitcoin in your something? In your 401k. So, super, I have a question. So, someone, that was your question. Thank you, Super. Uh, Watching out for you, man. Uh, so You'll never you be taxed on this show as long as I'm in, in the, have the mic. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, with Fidelity, now you can have self-custody Bitcoin in and take the tax-deductible 401k stuff. Really? Is, is that is that what I understood? I don't know. <laughs> That's my question. You wanted to talk about that. Like I thought you were the expert. Well, you're way off there. Because you're an expert. Just because I brought, I brought it up. I don't have no idea. Super, you're an expert. I have amazing no, news. Oh, never mind. Did you guys uh, understand my question? We had actual good video. What? It was smooth. It was like moving. This well, dude, we're getting we're getting into the prime time. I mean, we're going from TV to radio to TV to radio. I mean, it's exciting, right? Yeah. That wasn't funny. Okay. <laughs> radio to TV. To, uh, so, Fidelity is offering this thing so that people can buy Bitcoin and put it in 401k. 401k? <laughs> I don't know all these financial terms. Yeah. It's like a tax-deductible investment stuff, right? Who knows about that? 401ks? I'm not an old. You can, you can do both. One, one is you get taxed while putting money in, or you get taxed when you get money out. Oh. So, you split them. What's the option where you don't get taxed either direction? <laughs> You have to wait. Yeah. Talking about that offline. <laughs> yeah. Or COVID. COVID was like an exemption. Yeah. Some people were allowed to take money out. No penalty. Oh, I hope they took all the money out. It's 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 a uh, it's the government's cookie out. jar for you. They, they oh. allow you to have a tax. But could you self custody in a four hundred one k? IRA. Okay. Um, uh, what it is the IRA? The same thing. It's uh, like a tax retirement. Okay. Can you? Can, is it self custody? Does anyone know this? Uh, this is news to me. I didn't. I, did I saw that they were offering something. Because let's say out loud what nobody wants to say out loud. You can do self custody Bitcoin in your four hundred one k. So you With put fidelity. that. You, oh, you buy Bitcoin in a self custody. I'll tell you the tax strategy. Okay, you take the tax rebate all your life on your four hundred one k. You self custody it, in your wallet. Then you go to El Salvador and you spend the Bitcoin and nobody knows about it, and you don't pay taxes. <clears throat> Uh, you can uh, so here's something we already get like tax, like that? we already have a tax exemption in the United you States have to try it first foreign Leave foreign currencies example. get a tax a, exemption uh, I don't have one this is legal advice ladies and gentlemen and financial <laughs> advice uh, this is financial advice for uh, you get in the United States foreign currencies have an exemption where if you if you have a capital gain on an expenditure of foreign currency and the gain is less than two hundred dollars you don't have to report it or get taxed on it uh, and Bitcoin's foreign currency now in it's, three different countries. True. It is. So, yes. That's good. We don't have to, We as long as we're not making huge gains on each transaction, we don't have to report it. Yes, exactly. But that that's not related to my point on the 401k, though. Well, you're just saying you can you can go to El Salvador and spend your money and not report it. You can already do that here. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. Well, you could do it here as well. Huh? You could, yeah, you could do it here. We could do it anywhere in the world. But My point is that you can use your, your, your private keys mm -hmm. on your self-custody wallet to just, you know, I can buy your car. Like, let's say you have a car. I'm going to send you some Bitcoin from my 401k and buy a car. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell the American government that I just sold a part of my 401k. That's my point. Right. But nobody will know. You should. Well, they will now because you just said it on, stack <laughs> yeah, on our should, podcast. But I don't have a 401k and I'm never going to have one. So... 
And who are you? Hey. I'm no one. <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> I just disappeared. Uh, Did you right, guys get my point? This has been.